Hello and welcome to another edition of English Link. Mark here with Steve. Hello there. On a, another grayish day here in Vancouver. Yet another grayish day. Yeah. We're not having a great summer. Not so far. <laughs> now, we do have, though, a request from Daisuke mm-hmm. uh, t- for us to talk about saving languages and dying languages and dead languages <laughs> and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should point out that uh, Daisuke uh, hasn't been very active recently. Uh, if you're listening, Daisuke. If you're listening, Daisuke, we're responding <laughs> to your question. Uh, we hope you're... Uh, I'm sure you're very busy doing other things, but um, we like to see our members active. Yeah, we just want to remind you that to get the most out of these podcasts, you should be reading them and, and creating links on Link and reviewing those links and doing all those good things so that you learn better. I mean, I can never understand that why... That goes s- not just for Daisuke. Yes. That's for all of you. Well, I can't understand why people create so few links. I've got 30,000 links or more in Russian alone. Uh, I, I started my Korean. I'm already in second or third place for linking in Korean, and I'm doing Portuguese and Russian. It does work. Anyway, let's get back to languages. Yeah. Daisuke, he was asking, he said, uh, I guess we can read what he said. Uh, Thanks for your interesting podcast. Of the estimated 7,000 languages spoken in the world today, linguists say nearly half are in danger of extinction and likely to disappear in this century. In fact, one falls out of use about every two weeks. Well, I mean, I guess I have several reactions. First of all, I must admit that I would like to see our native languages in Canada be preserved, and uh, it would be cool, I think, if the natives actually spoke those languages. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know why I would like that. I just think it it gives them more substance to their search for a special identity. When I see a native who who basically dresses like us, uh, you know, speaks English like us, lives like us, uh, other than the fact that he's allowed to fish when we're not, mm-hmm. what, what is there, you know? So I think a language is pretty important to someone's identity. So that's one side of the picture. The other side of the picture is we have probably been losing languages at this rate ever since the beginning of time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because uh, there's all kinds of languages that blend into other languages and new languages. I mean, the languages we speak today, most of them didn't exist 2,000, 3,000 years ago in their present form. So I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I think it's probably likely, too, that in this age of increased globalization the world has grown grown much smaller the internet and and mass media and so forth it seems likely that there isn't as much need for all those languages people i mean why do people develop languages in the first place it's it's to communicate and uh, if if you can only communicate with a very small group in your own language and that language ends up dying out for that reason, you're unlikely to be able to force people to learn that language because the reason to learn a language is to communicate. And if it's only to communicate with a small group, there's not, or in the case of, you know, the native languages, no one, no one speaks those languages. So why, you can't, it's, it's artificial. Well, most people are not, I mean, I like speaking lots of languages and many of our members do, but most people just learn languages for practical reasons. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I was speaking to someone the other day on Link, one of our students who's originally from Guinea, and she said there's uh, 70 or 170 languages in Guinea. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, and that's because there's that many different uh, ethnic groups. Right. And that creates all kinds of political problems. Right. And probably, uh, you know, European society was like that as well at one point because mm -hmm. people couldn't travel very far. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, probably at some point, even in Guinea, there will gradually, and, and it's not because of the evil internet uh, American imperialists or anything else. Uh, I mean, right now they speak, they speak French and then their native right. language, but there may eventually develop a, a common language for Guinea. Uh, such as there has, we now have common languages in, say, France or Germany or Italy, whereas a thousand years ago, the, every little village has had its own language. Uh, mm -hmm. As I, I agree with you, most people don't like to maintain five languages. They're quite happy right. with having one that serves their purpose. Mm -hmm. And having one language for a country of 20 million people may be more useful than having one that only works for 25. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I think uh, in... in, in uh countries where they're trying to revive native languages. Uh, Daisuke, you talk about Cornish. I, I don't know anything about Cornish other than presumably it was spoken in Cornwall, I don't know, in England. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm guessing they're not going to have a lot of success there because England's not that big a place. So if you speak English, you get you do your daily, you live day to day in English. There's you might be forced to learn Cornish in school, but uh, you it's like one hour a week, and the rest of the time you're in English. I just don't see a, a future for a language like that. Even in Ireland, where they have far a stronger sort of sense of national identity, or an attempt to differentiate themselves from the uh, English, um, and and Irish Gaelic is taught in the schools, mm -hmm. but I remember when I had my dust up with uh, Benny the Irish polyglot, right. and uh, I told him that I have an Irish friend who said that very few people in Ireland speak Gaelic, and he called me or called my friend an idiot. But <laughs> uh, in fact, there's this famous story about a reporter who went all around Ireland trying to find someone who was a native speaker of Gaelic. Mm -hmm. They're very hard to find, right? And people probably know as much Gaelic, those Irish people who learned it at school, as much Gaelic as the average English Canadian knows French. I was just going to say, it's the same. <laughs> Which isn't you're, very much. You're forced to, okay, we'll study the French in school, but uh, there's no motivation to learn it. There's no one to speak to. So, uh, you know, you're, every day, what, what's important in life is in English. Right. In Canada. In Canada. For English Canadians. Right. That's not and the case. In, in Ireland, too. In, and in Ireland, too, yeah. Right. But there, again, that, that gets sort of politically dicey because their English is uh, the language of the English. So it's sort of, you know, uh, a vestige of the sort of English imperialism and colonization of Ireland. And that's all very bad. But if you look at uh, Cornwall, I suspect, or even in Wales, Wales has been more successful than Ireland or Cornwall and even there, it's only in certain areas where people speak mm -hmm. the language. Now, you can go to a different region like Catalonia in Spain, where the Catalans, in fact, do speak Catalan. Mm -hmm. And I think the Basques have been more successful in, in resurrecting their language. Mm -hmm. And we could argue that Hebrew in, in Israel is, art, is an artificial resurrection. Oh, I was just going to say, in, in Israel, they resurrected Hebrew, but I guess they needed a language to speak uh, to each other. They... Uh, there was no common language there at the time. No, you could have argued, you could say that it might have been more practical for them at that time, given that the 
you had people from North Africa, from Europe, Eastern Europe, all over the place. They could have chosen English, which was the lang the language of the of the mandate power of, right. of England, of Britain at the time, or Arabic, or Arabic. But they had political reasons right. for wanting to resurrect that language. I mean, mm. with enough political will, you can make it happen. And then right. once it becomes a meaningful language, then it survives. Right. The trouble we have, say, in Canada is that there's so many native languages and mm -hmm. if it, there's no way that tribe A is going to say, okay, I'll accept the language of tribe B as the, right. my sort of token native language. Either they're going to speak English or they're going to speak their yeah. own. Right. Uh, and so that's the difficulty, even with Cree. Like, I think it would be neat. Like, I'm far more interested in Canada in promoting our native languages than in promoting the language of the immigrants. Mm -hmm. A lot of the immigrants, uh, where they're sufficiently, you know, numerous, they say, well, we should have schools in, uh, you know, whatever. In the old days, it would be German or Ukrainian or nowadays Chinese or Punjabi. And, and I'm not in favor of that mm -hmm. at all because I don't consider those languages to be sort of indigenous to Canada. Right. Uh, you know, Canada, when the country was formed, was English and French. And we had all the different, uh, what we now, nowadays call First Nations groups with right. their languages. Yeah. And those are the languages that I, for political reasons, uh, would want to promote. But to promote them for political reasons, you need a lot of people supporting the idea. Yeah, and I was going to say, I mean, the, the uh, window of opportunity for capturing those languages is probably uh, disappearing. I mean, mm -hmm. there, there, there can't be many native speakers of those languages left because the younger generations don't. Uh, speak them so what's the but they're trying and and all the you know all the more power to them uh it, it's better if this is done as as sort of um, an initiative that really you know mobilizes people who want to do it mm -hmm. because there's a tremendous opportunity for just spending just gobs of public money on this all kinds of consultants creating grammar books and going and doing studies and all kinds of stuff that doesn't amount to anything except that it employs a bunch of people and gets the NGOs all excited, but doesn't really influence very many people. Well, I mean, that's where I was sort of going to, the direction I was going to head when we started off here was that uh, for the most part, all the money and effort uh, spent on trying to maintain or resurrect uh, dying languages, dead or dying languages, uh, is better spent elsewhere. I mean, the fact is those languages died for a reason. Nobody wanted to speak them. So don't want trying to force those languages back into yeah. fashion or into use. Um, I mean, maybe one in a hundred, but, or a thousand, but the other 999 are just going to disappear and time and effort, lots of time and effort will be expended and wasted. Yeah. Now, of course, that's you say it's not worth it. I say that's that's a value judgment. It mm -hmm. may not be worth it to you. It mm -hmm. might be worth it to some other people. And so, if uh, a majority of people are able to persuade their politicians that that's something that they want to spend money on, then all the more power to them if they can pull it off. I personally, you know, I'm interested in languages. I think it would be fun to do. I don't think you can get a majority of people to do it. It's a bit like Esperanto, which sounds like a good idea, but in fact. They've never generated any momentum. Mm -hmm. But every time I say anything against Esperanto on my video, on my YouTube channel, of course, I get inundated by <laughs> very angry Esperanto supporters. But, but the reality is that most people are not going to do that. I mean, once the language is dead or dying, it's, it, it is. It's the same as Esperanto or Klingon or any of these. I mean, it's not, 
uh, a, a, a used in language anymore, and it's uh, sort of artificial. Mm-hmm. But it is un- unfortunate. Like, I think it would be unfortunate if all the native languages of Canada disappeared and were never heard again. Right. But for them to have any of their languages survive, as you say, like realistically, they'd have to unite and say, we're going we're gonna to maintain three languages. Like mm-hmm. say there are three language groups. Right. We're going to put all our efforts and any native is going to have to learn Cree, even if he's an Ojibwe or something. Right. But that runs into other political problems that, that uh, probably would sink that idea. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, but I mean, uh, there are examples. Who knows? You know, we never say never. Uh, but th- there's this- also the argument that uh, you know the, the natives maybe should uh, concentrate on English, making sure their English is as good as it can be, and, and that'll probably benefit them at least economically more so in the long run than than worrying focusing on on what makes them different. Possibly, although part of the problem, you know, might be a lack of uh, you know pride or, or, or self-esteem or whatever. I mean, certainly when I go to Spain, uh, very proud Basque speakers or mm-hmm. Catalan speakers mm-hmm. are absolutely fluent in, in Castilian Spanish. Right. So the one doesn't That's prevent true. the other. Uh, mm-hmm. And there are, you know, many examples of people who are perfectly fluently bilingual. Mm-hmm. So I don't see that, uh, I don't see that uh, as a problem. I think personally, one of our slightly harebrained ideas when we started Link was that Link would be an excellent tool to preserve these minority languages because mm-hmm. we don't need to spend millions of dollars to write textbooks and grammar books and right. stuff. All we need is to get speakers to record themselves mm-hmm. uh, and and so that we can have a whole community of, uh, you know, Cree speakers on Link. Right. I'd love to, I personally would love to have native languages on Link. Mm-hmm. Uh, once we get through all the other things we're doing, add uh, four more learners. Don't let all the uh, people who want Czech and Dutch and Arabic know that we'll be adding Cree next. Uh, <laughs> ooh, where did you hear that first? No. So, uh, but, uh, yeah. I mean, I think that uh, covers uh, Daisuke's yeah. question. And, and uh, as always, we're, 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 we're happy to have the feedback and um, hope you all enjoyed this podcast and if you would like us to talk about something else by all means let us know on the english link forum not that link. what we have is particularly useful uh or profound but it, we do generate a lot of words so that you can go out you can go and link them daisuke daisuke <laughs> okay. okay bye for now bye bye <laughs>